Thank you very much, Gloria. Good morning, everyone. And a warm welcome to everyone, especially to those who may be joining us for the very first time. The Lord bless you. You know, I was very struck with Richard's introduction to the service this morning. It was very thought provoking. And it's quite closely related to my message this morning. Richard spoke about, in part, regarding the information that we receive and how we relate to that, how we process that. He also spoke about the word of God. Again, how we receive the word of God, how we relate to it and how we process it. He also spoke regarding our relationship to God and how we ought to relate to one another. These are all important things that as Christians, we need to think about and we need to consider. And that will be the main theme of my message this morning. My main text begins at Proverbs 23.7. It's probably familiar to most of you. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Obviously, this verse relates to a certain person. But I believe it has universal application. It applies to us all. It relates to a man who projects one attitude and behavior outwardly, but yet in his heart, his thinking is very different. His thinking contradicts what he manifests outwardly. And that's what I want us to consider today. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how about you? How often do you think about what it is that you're thinking about? It's an important question to consider. This man in Proverbs 23, 7, he's a product of his thinking. His thinking has shaped and will shape who he is. And as with him, so with us. We are a product of our thinking and our thinking shapes who we are and who we will be. Your very being, 
that is who you are is defined and determined by your thinking, by your thoughts. So can you see how important it is what your thoughts are and how you think? As Christians, we must be careful what we think about. That's the subject matter. And we must also be careful how we think. That's our process of thinking. So what fills your mind? What do you spend your time thinking about? Your thoughts are a reflection of your priorities. If I could read your thoughts, I could determine what sort of person you are and what your priorities are. Now, I can't read your thoughts, so never mind me, but God can certainly read your thoughts. And that is definitely something to consider. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. To discern means to see or to be aware of something clearly. And this truly is the heart of the matter. Now notice, this thinking takes place in the heart. Both Old and New Testaments speak repeatedly of the heart as the center of a person's inner life. Your heart represents the core of your being. That is who you really are. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Part of keeping our hearts with all diligence, that is carefully and responsibly, includes keeping a check on our thinking. So how often do you think about what you are thinking? What are you thinking about? And why are you thinking about what it is that you're thinking about? Our thoughts determine our attitudes. Our attitudes determine our behavior. Our behavior determines our character and our character determines our destiny. These are the real issues of life. So keep your heart with all diligence. Live carefully 
and responsibly. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And you know, as I was preparing, I immediately thought in relation to this verse of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, many of you will know that many governments won't allow people to enter their country unless they've been quarantined and tested. And I thought to myself, this really relates to this verse. It says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does this mean? It means all of your thoughts, both new and old, should be quarantined. That is examined and tested before you allow them to influence and shape your thinking or mindset. If you do not examine and test your thinking, you may allow harmful, viral thoughts to infect and corrupt your mind. And how are we to do that? How are we to examine and test our thinking? Well, the scripture says, we must bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what does this mean? All of our thinking, all of our thoughts must be shaped and conformed to the character of Christ and to the word of God. Obedience describes the character and the attitude of Christ. Obedience describes the correct, the appropriate response to hearing the word of God. Our thinking and our thoughts should reflect the character of Christ. Our thinking and our thoughts should reflect and be in harmony and be in agreement with the teaching of the word of God. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. One Corinthians two sixteen. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So what is that mind? And how does it think? 
Let's turn to Philippines too. It's a very familiar passage. Starting at verse five, down to verse eight. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being in, found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's the sort of mind that we have, the mind of Christ. And the scripture says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6 through 8 tells us that even though Jesus knew that he was equal with God, with God the Father, he made himself of no reputation. He made himself nothing. He gave up all his glory he gave up all his majesty. <clears throat> he gave up the place of highest honour at the Father's right hand and became nothing. No reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant. As the scripture says, he came to serve and not to be served. And that's the same attitude that we need to have. We need to have that same mindset. That we operate as those who have come to serve and not to be served. And the scripture says that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, obviously, Jesus had always been obedient to the Father, but this was a new experience for him. He learned obedience through suffering. He learned what it meant to be obedient through suffering. Is that remarkable? Before this time, Jesus had never suffered. He had always obeyed the Father, but he'd never known what it is to suffer. But he came at the Father's, to do the Father's will. He humbled himself and he became obedient through suffering. Suffering unto death even the death of the cross. So this was obedience to the ultimate. Obedience that took him to his death. How obedient are you? 
Would your obedience, would it take you to your death? Would you be willing to suffer and die in obedience to the Father? Something to think about, isn't it? Something to consider. Our thinking should conform to the thinking and attitude of Christ. We should also make ourselves of no reputation. A Christian isn't a person who goes around insisting on their rights and their privileges. Yes, we have rights. Yes, we have certain privileges as a Christian. But we don't insist upon them. We are willing to lay them down. If it means that God's will will be done. We should also be people who make ourselves of no reputation. Does that describe who you are? Or are you the sort of person who goes around insisting that people treat you in a certain way? What sort of attitude do you have? Are you willing to make yourself of no reputation? Are you willing to give up that which is due to you? so that the will of God may be completed in your life? Are you willing to allow people to treat you in a certain way, in a negative way, so that the will of God may be completed in your life? The scripture says that Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. His attitude wasn't to stand on his dignity, on his rights. His only priority was that the will of God would be done in his life, that he would obey the Father's will. So we need also to humble ourselves and become obedient unto death. Are you willing to do that? It's a difficult thing to think about, isn't it? But if you think about it, we're all going to die one way or another. If we go before the Lord returns. So better to die in obedience to Christ than to die in disobedience. Jesus was willing to go to the cross, obey the Father, so that God's will would be done. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let your mind and your thinking be shaped and informed by the character and obedience of Christ.
So, now that we have the mind of Christ, what are we to think? Well, the scripture helps us. There's always an answer in the word of God. Come to me with Philippians 4.8. Again, a very well-known verse in scripture. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, brothers and sisters, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Paul encourages us. These are the things, as Christians, that we ought to be thinking on and considering. But I'd like to add something to Paul's instruction. Paul says, think on these things. And if I be permitted, I would also like to add, become these things. Because our thoughts always reflect our behaviour. Our thoughts inform who we are and how we behave and what our attitudes are. So as we reflect and think on these things, let's allow them to work in us so that we become these things. In other words, these things that we think on and consider must be made manifest in our lives. So first of all, whatsoever things are true. And I think that's partly what Richard reflected on at the beginning when he spoke. Whatsoever things are true. Think on these things. But truth is becoming very difficult to perceive. There's so much information out there. News broadcast, newspapers, magazines, internet, social media. We're bombarded with information. And what is true and what is not true, very difficult to perceive. So let me give you a word of advice. What we really need to do is concentrate on the word of truth. If you want to really know what is true, go to the word of truth. You'll find truth there. Because the word of truth is mediated to us through the ministry of the spirit of truth. If you want to really know what is true, check what the Bible tells you. Everything that you hear, every piece of information you receive... Check it with what the Bible teaches. If it agrees with the scripture, receive it as truth. If it contradicts scripture, reject it 
as follows. Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. Whatsoever things are honest, honesty, truthfulness, and sincerity should, should be at the core, at the centre of our living, of our lifestyle as Christians. I'm sure many of us have different scriptures and occasions in the Bible that really speak to us. And one of those scriptures that really speaks to me is the incident in John. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and Jesus said of Nathanael, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And I thought, isn't that remarkable? As far as I understand or see, there's very little written about Nathanael in the scripture, except for this one thing that Jesus says about him. Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And I think that's marvellous. I think that's something that as Christians, that should be something that we should all pursue. Wouldn't it be marvellous if Jesus could say of each one of us, behold, and put your name in there, this person has no guile, no deceit. It really speaks to me, and it's something that I reflect on quite a lot. Because there's so much deceit in the world. There's so much deception. In fact, the wicked one, the evil one, is a spirit of deception. And you don't have to be a theologian or a philosopher or have a degree in philosophy to understand that we're living in a world of constant deception. Possibly 50% of the things that we hear are not true. And unless we have the word of God and the spirit of God working in us, we also will be deceived. And if you go back to the Garden of Eden, though Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, their downfall came through deception. So beware, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear it. Whatever you hear, whatever information you receive, Test and check it by the word of God. Whatsoever things are just. Justice and righteousness should be two of the, our priorities as followers of Christ. We must 
and we should pursue righteousness and justice because they are, are indeed lacking in our world today. And in fact, as I'm speaking these words, I'm noticing something afresh. All of these things that Paul has said that we ought to think on are things that are really lacking in our world today. I've only just perceived that. All of these things are things which the world needs in this day and age. Truth, honesty, justice. It's very apt, isn't it? These words were written 2,000 years ago, but they're very relevant to our lives today in the world that we live in. Whatsoever things are pure, again, very lacking in our world today. Matthew 5, 8, Jesus tells us that the pure in heart will see God. He says they are blessed. So since only the pure in heart will see God, we must endeavour to keep our hearts pure. But how can we do this? The scripture has an answer for everything. Psalm 119, verse 9. How shall a young man, a young woman, cleanse their way, keep their heart pure? By taking heed, by living according to your word. And that's not only a message for the youngsters. It applies to us all. How shall any man, any woman, cleanse their way and keep their heart pure by taking heed and living according to your word. So those who keep their heart pure must pay close attention to the word of God and follow the instructions and commands found therein. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Paul says, whatsoever things are lovely. There's nothing like the loveliness of a lovely character. And when I say lovely, I mean full of love. But not in a sentimental way. I mean a heart that is full of God's love. 1 John 4.16 tells us that God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God. And God lives in him, lives in her. So we best express God's character when we express his love. Because without love, Obedience would be impossible. John 14, 23. Jesus tells us, if a man, if a woman loves me, he, she will keep my word. 
Love for God is the impetus for our obedience. And loveliness expresses the character of God. And last but not by no means, Paul says, we must think about things that are of good report. Things that are consistent with good character. Romans 14, 16 tells us, let not then your good be evil spoken of. The good character of the Christian is of great value, which cannot be estimated. It serves as a witness to the faith that we profess. And Colossians 4.5 tells us, walk in wisdom to them that are without. Our lifestyle, our way of living should be a testimony to those outside the church, outside the faith. They should be able to speak well of us. Just as Jesus did. The scripture tells us that he grew in grace and that all spoke well of him. So the same should be with us. We should be growing in grace and walking in wisdom. So others should see our lifestyle and be able to recognize it and speak well of us. And understand that our lifestyle and our wisdom comes from God. So it becomes a testimony, not to us, but to the God we profess. And Paul ends Philippians 4.8. He says, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So Christians should meditate on and pursue those things that develop good character. That which is praiseworthy among people and acceptable to God, a good lifestyle. So Paul again says, think on these things. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. So hopefully I've given you lots to think about and lots to consider. So may God bless you as you receive his word to your heart today. Amen. Amen. Amen.